This is Entheogen. We talk about tools for generating the divine within. It's June 29th, 2015. We're talking about microdosing. So this topic popped up on the radar. Um, there were a couple of articles recently. I guess the main one is this alternate article, and of course this will be in the show notes, but um, the concept of microdosing, um, taking a, a small dose of, uh, of a psychedelic substance uh, and kind of going about your day is basically the encapsulation of it. Um, the other place this popped up was a Tim Ferriss uh, interview with uh, Jim Fadiman. And uh, Jim Fadiman's been in the scene for, for quite a while. I guess it goes as far back as his college years with, uh, we're saying, Kevin, Dr. Richard Alpert, I guess, Ram Das, right? Yes. Uh, he, well, he's, an, he's a psychologist and, uh, and also a writer. He's just written this uh, book, which I, I guess is doing very, very well, which is called uh, The Psychedelic Explorer's Guide. And I would, this is the reason he was uh, being interviewed by Tim Ferriss, where he mentioned microdosing. But, uh, but basically, yeah, he did his undergraduate work at Harvard, and, and Richard Albert, a.k.a. Ram Das, was his, uh, one of his professors and uh, first introduced him to psilocybin. And uh, from there, he went on to do his uh, master's work at Stanford, and he just became very, very wrapped up in uh, all kinds of psychedelic research. I think it's also important to, uh, when we say something like microdosing, it might sound uh, very vague. And Fadiman himself in his uh, book actually establishes a dose. And he says that uh, to, to him, a microdose is uh, 10 micrograms of LSD. So it's below the, the threshold dose, which would be about 20. And, and, and obviously well below the, the common dose, which if you look at, I'm looking at Arrowhead right now. And uh, the, the common dose is established between 100, uh, between 50 and 150 micrograms. So we're talking about a very, very low dose. Uh, and his, his description of what happens to you on the low dose, I think, uh, that the fact that it's not threshold is something that, uh, I don't know, you get, you get a good feel for the fact that this is not, a, not even a, a, an experience in and of itself. It's more of just like a heightened state of uh, attention and creativity. Right. And, and it's a really kind of very subtle, uh, experience, you know, it's not, I don't think meant to be, uh, you know, something that you do in and of itself, uh, you know, for, for, for that experience, you, you do it. And then again, you sort of, again, go about your day. Um, you do it, uh, maybe in the context of your everyday work or everyday, uh, just normal experience. You might, be going for uh, a hike and you want to make it a slightly more enjoyable hike, uh, or maybe give you a little bit of extra energy or you're, you know, endeavoring on a creative project and you want a little bit of an extra, um, you know, boost or something like that. And so that's, that's the sense I get as, as to where this is, is used, but. Yeah. And it's actually, it's, it's mentioned in uh, one of the articles, I think it's on, uh, perhaps it's an alternate, but it's mentioned kind of as, uh, in its time, I, I guess considered as like a an alternative to something like Ritalin, uh, which w you know would give you the same, I guess, ability to concentrate, but actually uh, a much different secondary effect, which would be to get more of a tunnel vision about what you're doing. Whereas the microdose of LSD would give you uh, not only that concentration, but also a heightened state of creativity and 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 consciousness. No. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, and it stands to reason. I mean, from, from the experience of, of, uh, you know, having the larger dose, the more standard dose, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's kind of nice to imagine that, uh, you might be able to bring some of those aspects into your everyday life. And, and in fact, it seems to be the case. Um, 
And, uh, you know, and I guess the dose is, is pretty key. I mean, you, you definitely don't want to have the sort of overwhelming aspect or anxiety producing aspect of it, or, um, you know, too much of that, um, nonlinear thinking, I guess you, you want a little bit of the ability to sort of focus, but bring some of that creativity, some of those, uh, you know, that e- easier sort of forming of the neural pathways and, um, synthesis of, of yeah. different, uh, you know, d- different pieces of information and things like that, um, br- brought into your everyday experience. Yeah. I remember it was a previous study we talked, we, we read about and talked about how like it will, um, the parts of your brain that normally make connections, well, it'll release those connections and allow different parts of the brain to sort of communicate without going through the guy calling the shots. Um, so I, I can't remember the source. Kevin was talking about the different dosing and, and, and thinking about them n- numerically, you know, to give a sense of uh, context. But also, I can't remember where I saw it, but it showed how, like, an idea of thinking of a low dose is like a problem-solving um, sort of goal or intention. And a medium dose was for emotional. Um, and then the, the highest dose was spiritual in terms of, like, you know, the intention you have going into it and what, what can you expect to maybe get out of it. Right. And I think that, uh, Fadiman actually goes through, um, he, he kind of starts with, uh, as, as he puts it, uh, what Terrence McKenna called the heroic dose. And he basically just says, don't do that. Just, you know, <laughs> set aside that, yeah. that size dose, um, and start with, you know, what we would just call a high dose, which again is like a, you know, probably, you know, on the high end of that, you know, 50 to 150 scale, maybe even like 150 plus or something like that, uh, micrograms. Um, and, and he associates that with the spiritual purposes. Um, and then in the, in the middle, a moderate dose therapeutic purposes, and then, you know, low dose being problem solving. Um, he actually, I think he has a very nice, uh, description. Uh, this is one of the kind of the sound bites from the podcast uh, with Tim Ferriss. He says, microdosing turns out to be a totally different world. As someone said, the rocks don't glow even a little bit. Uh, but what many people are reporting is at the end of the day, they say, that was a really good day. Right, exactly. And I think that, 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 that's, the, that's the thing. It's, there's, no, uh, there's no altering of the, the kind of your sensory perceptions and things. It's, uh, you, you, I, you wouldn't have any, um, any nervousness about uh, anyone th- thinking you, were, you, know, you had taken anything and... Uh, this would just be sort of like an internal, uh, very low level feeling. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, you get a little bit of that grin sometimes like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. like, uh, or like, uh, the secret, the secret grin. Yeah. The secret grin, you know, it's like, uh, I'm on a slightly different level and, and this guy doesn't even know that, you know, I know something you don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and, uh, here's another description of the, the doses here. So they're, they're ta- calling, um, the 400 microgram level, the transcendental experience, a guide is needed level. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, 200 is, uh, the, you know, in, used in psychotherapy and self-exploration. Uh, 100 can be used for problem solving situations. Um, they explain this in the podcast and then the, f- the 50, they'd call the museum, you know, what used to be called the mu- museum dose, I guess, as Fadiman points out on the podcast, it's now what people would call like a concert dose. Uh, concert level, and then ten to fifteen is, because, is the micro. Because the the current generation doesn't actually know what a museum is. Right. That, <laughs> I think that's the implication. Yeah. <laughs> so like they don't want it. It's like bad marketing. It's like I don't want to take that. I don't want to have to go to a museum. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> concert. Right. Ooh, that applies I'd much, to me. I'd much rather go see Taylor Swift. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, this, and, and I mean, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a cool thing though. If you think about like the, you know, I mean, 10, 10 micrograms, if you're talking about, uh, one, one of our, you know, normal, uh, experience doses of it's a hundred, maybe 150. I mean, we're, we're talking about such, such a tiny fraction, uh, of that dose. So if you think about how, you know, if this, if this is, is something that, uh, can be researched and, and turns out to be actually something like very, very, uh, you know, productive or, or useful as, um, you know, as an alternative to something like Ritalin, for example, you think about like how absolutely cheap, like how cheap it is to produce and what a great, uh, you know, pharmaceutical use could, it could be given and something that doesn't cause any other, uh, secondary harm in the body. It's pretty incredible thinking about the, the, the tiny levels that, uh, that, you know, LSD especially is, is active on. Um, I mean, you know, you could consider the idea of, of like, uh, just pumping this stuff out in like an atomizer, you know, in, into the air, like at a concert or something. I mean, you don't need very much to do that, you know, especially at the levels we're talking about. Um, you could you think mean, of you mean at a museum, right? Yeah, at a museum, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We that's uh, yeah. People of our generation understand what a museum is, but uh, the kids <laughs> might have to look it up. Um, or you know, doing things like um, or they like, just go to a museum, museum. Oh, what a museum? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Place you could learn about museums. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you can think of things like, uh, you know, slow release. Um, it, it, I just, I, I don't know. The, the idea of using this in therapy seems really interesting to me. Um, it, it, in my experience, in my, in my small amount of experience um, experimenting with this, um, it, it does give this, this sort of uh, base level of energy that is yeah, pretty constant, that, you know? That's something that's not actually, you know, I, I think there are like certain vague references to it because the focus of the articles is, is on uh, other effects. But the energy side of it is incredible. I mean, in my, my experience, I've found that you, there's just uh, a friend of mine calls it the, uh, the the thermonuclear power plant. He's like, you know, once he starts feels like the thermonuclear <laughs> power plant is fired up, you know, and it's like it, it does feel like that. It's not a false sense of uh, energy like you'd get from like having too much coffee or something where you'd feel jittery. It's just it feels like very uh, natural but like unbridled energy from 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 within. And I've actually I did it I did it uh, about a year ago uh, in in that dose before a yoga class and it was fantastic what a what a great experience i mean and as much in the in the psychological mental aspect as in the physical aspect like i just felt like very very physically prepared for the class because of the energy that i that i had absolutely yeah it's almost like a superhuman kind of level of uh just uh, elevation uh, and it's and it's very it, again it can be subtle i mean it's it's an energy you can kind of tune you know it's not like it's uh, overpowering oh. or or a jittery feeling like you said it's it's not like it's uh you know um i don't know frantic in any way it's it's sort of like uh it, it and it and there's no peak and crash it's just sort of like a yeah. constant level and there, there's no mm-hmm. um there doesn't there don't seem to be really any after effects in fact um fadiman points out multiple times i think in in my uh, listening to the podcast and reading where he says that the next day is better so he and i should describe his his sort of uh, method methodology of dosing or, or recommended methodology um you know establishing the the amount the quantity is is a huge piece of the puzzle i remember researching this uh, you know a dozen years ago and just sort of not even really knowing where to begin but that's a big piece of it but not only that but it's also like do you take it every day do you take it every few days what's the what's the right amount is there a tolerance that builds up um so he recommends taking it on you know day day 1 so you take it you take it in the morning or whatever and you have that experience that day and 
you don't take it the next day, but many people who he, who, who've reported their research to him have yeah, reported that the second if, day is better. Yeah. And, oh, and I think a lot of people who have had even like, if you want to step up from the, the micro dose, problem solving dose to the, the common, which is called the therapeutic dose or the, even the transcendental dose. I think most people will tell you that the next day is, uh, I mean, Hoffman himself, uh, for as uh, well as he speaks about his whole experience, uh, he talks about how the next day really is the is like the great day because he's in full control of all of his uh, his faculties, but yet he's brought back this uh, you know this whole new feeling. Right. Right. So I think that, yeah, that, the next day is is important. The afterglow. Yeah, After. the afterglow. Yeah, it's a healthy kind of re, like reboot. Um, you know, having this uh, this experience on on day one, it can be overwhelming. It can be pretty extreme, uh, but then you know the the afterglow it can, is what a lot of people seek out and. It's it's kind of interesting to think that even after such a low dose, a micro dose, that that the next day would would still feel different than than another day. He recommends skipping the third day, um, and then if you want to sort of re up, you know, you take it on the fourth day. So that's kind of the the cycle that that uh, he recommended. There, there's a there's a great uh, quote from uh, he, he said he had been speaking about this at a university and uh, somebody. So the, it also I think it's worth mentioning how this study set up since. Uh, LSD's obviously been uh, illegal for so long. Uh, the way he's done this research is by uh, having people independently do it on on their own, and then basically just report to him. So they have to kind of find you know find their own LSD and do their own research, and then they just send their kind of their own experiences back to him, so that you know that he can kind of get around the legal problem involved. But uh, one of the <laughs> very well, very well said. Yeah, get around the legal problem involved. <laughs> well. I- I thought, I thought one of the funniest uh, things he said, he said, I just got a report from someone who did this for six weeks. And his question to me was, is there any reason to stop? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so true. <laughs> Great question. You know, and I, I was actually, I, I had been, uh, I was talking to um, a couple of friends who are doctors about, uh, about different substances. And I, and there's a whole world there to explore and to research that's obviously, obviously hasn't been touched, but it's about um, about exactly you know what ev- everything that we put into our body, how it's um, you know, how how we how we produced uh, waste, how are those things broken down, what parts of our body are used, are are those processes healthy or unhealthy, and um, and so when I read this, I, that, that was one of the things I thought you know like are there any drawbacks to something like this? Is there a potential health problem? Uh, involved and apparently, I mean, what what from from you know I'm going on. This is the opinion of a couple of friends who are doctors, but they uh, they said that basically um, LSD because it's broken down um, and and basically pee, you know through, peed out it pretty, uh, broken down through the through the kidney that it doesn't seem to have any obvious drawbacks. Obviously, you'd have to research more to to, to find out. But uh, but you know at first glance, there doesn't seem to be a reason not to do this. You're not doing any. Mm, you know, legitimate damage to any part of your body. Highly recommended. Highly recommended. <laughs> two out of two hey, doctors say. <laughs> <laughs> when I got that missing bit of info from that uh, from from the from James Fadiman, um, I started to put together um, a little bit of a of a schedule for myself. I started to kind of just test it out, um, and I. For a while, I ended up doing it 
two days a week, pretty much. Um, you know, he, he has that idea of, you know, you take it on the first day, the second day is a nice afterglow, the third day you skip, and then maybe you do it again on the fourth day. So for me, it, it wound up being um, Saturdays and, uh, you know, the occasional Wednesday, basically. Okay. Do you work on a structure like Monday through Friday or sometimes Saturday work days too? Does that matter? Well, yeah, typically like I'll see clients or, or talk to clients uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, like a normal work schedule, I'll be doing other work outside the office or, or ins- actually I should say inside the office, but not really working with clients directly on the weekends. Um, so it, it was nice to kind of have both experiences, right, although right. I avoided doing it when I had to go and see a client on location, um, okay. you know, on, on a Wednesday, because I just felt like I, I didn't want to like all of a sudden just start tripping. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I like, I really should know how to like, uh, answer this question. And I'm like, totally, uh, you know, I, I need a minute yeah. kind of thing. So, Prudent. um, right. So, and you know, until I got kind of got, got the hang of it. And also part of that is calibrating the dose. Like, cause you, you know, it's, it's all well and good to talk about 10 to 15 mics, you know? Um, but, uh, I don't know about you guys, but my scales don't go down that small. And, uh, yeah. And how do you do that? Like how much is a droplet like from a dropper? Is that, do, do you yeah, guys that, have that's, a sense? That's is a that like problem, a right? hundred or 200 microgram and, and yeah. like, parts it out from there? Like, I how mean, do you do it? Well, you know, you could, you could ask that question about any form. It's like, you know, what's, well, what's a tab? What's a, what's a gel um, you know, sure. what do they call them? Uh, gel cap or whatever. What's a, you know, what's a micro dot. Um, and even if you have liquid, is it at a certain concentration or is it, you know, right. So in theory, you know, whoever is uh, su- supplying that would try and calibrate a single unit dose, whether it's like a, you know, a little tab of blotter, uh, or a micro dot or, you know, whatever the format is or a drop, uh, from a dropper, uh, or a sugar cube or whatever, it's, it's, it's mm. supposed to be about, you know, as, as we said earlier, probably 50 to 150 micrograms. Yeah. Um, so I guess the idea is that I would just dilute it. So the, the initial experimentation was, uh, I had some paper, uh, or actually a friend, uh, had, had some paper. This is, I, I'm not speaking for myself for the rest of the show. Um, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm actually a, a friend is speaking through me as I tell you the story. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Disclaimer. Anyway, he microdose while he's doing that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's, it gets really interesting at that point. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, friend, um, who I'll just refer to as I, um, cut up the, the paper. So the, bl- the blotter paper, like you kind of just, I, I, he, I cut it up into <laughs> tiny little, uh, bits and pieces to basically expo- get additional surface area, uh, and, uh, dil- and, uh, sort of, um, uh, dumped it into like a, a shot of alcohol tequila, uh, into like a little, um, like nipper bottle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so basically the idea is like one dose, uh, in one shot sort of bottle size, uh, of liquid, um, and then just let it like dilute for like half a day or, I mean, probably just a, an hour would be, would be fine. Um, and you know, shake it up, you know, agitate it to kind of get the, get the stuff out of the paper into the liquid. Uh, and you kind of shake it up before you take a little dose and you take a little dose. That's like a fifth of the bottle or something like that. You know, so the idea is if you have on average in theory, a hundred, uh, micrograms, um, you know, a fifth of the bottle would be like, you know, 20 mics, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. this is, this is a a problem with not knowing the the original dose. And I think it's just generally a problem with like any, any, you know, purchasing and use of LSD nowadays. It's like, because it's so, uh, 
so underground. It's like it's so hard to it's so hard to to, to know that. It's like who who is actually testing their 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 dose? You know, it's like I, I you know in the experiences I've had, it's because I've experimented previously with like that batch, and I know you know eyeballing it basically how you know what I'm getting. And all yeah, that's what I like about the way the way Joe's describing it like cuz you get you get something new and you get a sense of what what you're comfortable with but it might change from you know batch to batch or sort like f- from whomever you get it from and then once you get a sense of that it's cool. so it's like a process of dilution now the use of tequila is it is it like better with alcohol as as opposed to water or did you I, just prefer that personal preference I guess um, <laughs> so, so you're microdosing on the tequila too <laughs> right, exactly a tiny yeah actually I, take, I have a lot of energy <laughs> right. my stomach feels warm and you don't want to you don't want to flip the substances either you don't want to you don't want to do like a, an ounce of LSD and like a you know a, a tenth <laughs> a microdose of tequila that would be horrible um, debilitating but. Uh, and you know, I, I think it's water solu- soluble as well, uh, and uh, you know, as well as al- alcohol soluble. So it, it doesn't really matter. But I think um, I, I get the impression maybe it's just like a little bit less likely to. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really know. Maybe, maybe like the water makes it less uh, stable. Maybe the alcohol mm. keep, makes it more stable. I really have no idea. Um, but you know, so that's less important. I think it's just some a way to dilute it. But the, the other problem is like not only do you not know the individual dose of a single um, unit, but you also don't really know like from from one tab of blotter to the next, for example, or as Kevin well knows, from one drop to the next can be a big difference. Forget See, about the drop. I I, I think you, you touch know, it too. Yeah, that that wasn't that wasn't the one drop problem. It was a it was a problem with you know too many drops. But uh, but I just I did recently a few a few months ago have the the tab problem because I normally would get uh, you know I, I think probably what most people do is like you, you get a, a batch and you want to know what one is right like what is one unit mm-hmm. and then and then you go from there which I will not do anymore I think I'll start with a half and, <laughs> and, go, and go from there because I had like the most interesting concert experience I did not take the concert dose. I think I took, the, <laughs> I took the transcendental dose, and I was not at the right place for that <laughs> type of experience. I had to run for the hills. <laughs> yeah, and and I guess a way around that is if you really you know kind of want to geek out on this whole uh, topic. You could, you know, you could take a strip of blotter, um, you could take an entire sheet or whatever, you know, multiple units of something that you that you have acquired and dilute the entire thing and you better do your math right. But if you, you know, kind of take the system I mentioned earlier and uh, use more, like I guess one, one way to do it is, um, you know, you, you just a larger quantity of, of liquid, like maybe, a, you know, an entire like liter bottle or something like that. Um, and you would, uh, put in, you know, 10 doses in there and, and we, we figure out whatever the amount you need to sip is, that's, that's going to give you a micro dose, but then it's just, you can make mistakes anywhere along the way. It gets to be pretty tricky. And, and not to mention the whole root cause of the whole problem is, uh, you know, just that, that inconsistent dosage, um, that, that, that's available today. So. Yeah, that's part of it. And that's, that's an interesting uh, aspect of it. I haven't heard anybody in, in my reading on it um, talk about that. You know, how do you actually like f- figure it out, figure out what you're, what you're getting, how much you're getting? Now we have, uh, well, for, for technique and, and like systems of approach, Reddit is a pretty good resource now, like where like message boards were previously, you know, people can just kind of like go and post their own experience and stuff. But like, yeah, ultimately, 
it's it's a guessing game until until you try for yourself whether it's one at a time or half at a time. It kind of reminds me the of having a vial. Uh, I remember reading online like through a message board where the advice was to use whiskey instead of water for whatever reason to like wash the inside of the vial. Um, and they estimated that there's probably like once the vials dry like ten, like up to ten hits. So wow. it's not uncommon for people to be like, oh, it's it's empty. Just sprinkle a little water or whiskey in there, and you know, drink that or pour the rest of that out, and then having like very powerful experiences. Some very amusingly, uh, amusingly recounted. Uh, but uh, hmm. but yeah, so like I remember doing that, and like okay, if I fill the 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 dropper with that's full, I can get like ten drops out of it, and then thinking like, all right, how do I kind of proportion this out based on if there's 10 in there um and in my experience i think it you know it seemed it seemed light but i wasn't you know going into it with the intention of microdosing i was trying to make like even um single doses lsd is the kind of substance that makes you uh, believe in homeopathy you know it's active in such small quantities that uh you know, I can almost believe that like if you you could breathe it in or something and and like have have a little bit of an elevation um, but uh, yeah, how, how would we dose it if it's on a uh, um, what do they call them the humidifiers <laughs> right just like have a humidifier in your room at night <laughs> but a few drops in yeah yeah it's uh it, i don't know it's just interesting to um to contemplate you know that the tiniest of of, of uh, amounts can can really have an effect where uh you know people are taking like super like um you know just extreme amounts of things like ritalin on, on a daily basis to you know to overcome some diagnosis and uh you know and you it, whereas you could be taking the tiniest of of uh, lsd and a much more um you know, and, and I guess smooth out those those peaks and valleys quite a bit. It seems to me. Yeah, uh, and avoid avoid all the secondary effects and any possibility of addiction, right? Yeah, sure, sure seems that way. You know, one thing I, I see, learned, and I think this is instructive in the um, in in the topic of uh, you know how to how to calibrate the dosage. Uh, lower lower is better. I mean, if you want to, you you want to err on the side of a lower amount. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking that before. Like that's a that's a very good piece of advice, <laughs> right? Like you're, you're like your half. Told you know, me to die, you know? Right. The the half, not one method of uh, of like you know figuring out the yeah the calibration um, because I mean you're you're in the range of like if you if you take if if you're trying to go for twenty mics right and and uh, and you get double that by accident you're in the range of like a, a pretty normal dose of uh, yeah. of acid. Um, you know if you don't have, you don't have to call in sick. Exactly. If if you want to, well, I mean, th- actually, that puts you kind of in the range of where you're, you're you might be tripping at that point, you know. Um, whereas if you go like if you go half of a normal, like if you if you target ten mics as your as your target dose, or even five, if you get five or ten, you, you're going to feel it still, you know. But there's there's no risk if you if you like accidentally double that and you're at ten to twenty, you're still yeah. pretty threshold at that point. Well, how's it been going for you, Joe? Like, have you had any accidental days or like days where you started tripping accidentally on a Saturday or, you know, like how long have you done it? And and is it like, does that come up ever? And and because of your method, are you now considered an alcoholic? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, the uh, it's (laughs) I have had days where um, where I can't quite quite wipe the grin off my face, you know, Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> like it, it, to the point where I wonder Just if imagining people are, like Jack Nicholson's Joker or something like that. <laughs> a little <laughs> like bit. The painted on face. Smiley brand. A, a little bit. You know, it's like you're talking about the most mundane of things. It's like, uh, you know, so I'm going to go to the gas station and then I got to run over to, uh, you know, to uh, pick up the laundry and, uh, and, and, and just like grinning wildly the whole time. It's pretty like... <laughs> Pretty, uh, pretty incongruous, but, um, but, uh, no, it's, um, you know, yeah, that has happened. And I think that's why I would recommend trying to undershoot it if at all possible, uh, because you kind of still get the same benefits of a little bit of that extra, like, um, you know, uh, jet stream sort of tailwind, you know, and, uh, you don't get the same, uh, Kevin's familiar with the tailwind, um, but (laughs) but you don't get the same, uh, you know, um, overwhelming, uh, aspect of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think one of the one of the things that I liked about the when I did the microdose yoga experience was um, I had been uh, I'd gone to a few of these workshops before for this uh, this amazing uh, technique called the Felden, Feldenkrais method, which is like um, basically it's like a, a method about gaining uh, consciousness over your body. But this is a little this is not like a mumbo jumbo sort of thing. It's a very like uh, scientifically proven method that works. And uh, and and helps a lot of people, you know, just I don't know, move move better, and also I mean, people who have problems with like pain and other things uh, because of poor movement uh, have have had a lot of success with it. And I felt like when I was doing yoga, I was I had the same sort of uh, heightened consciousness that I gained while I was doing the the Feldenkrais classes because it was just like a very very in tune to all the details. And uh, just very, very like just conscious of so many different things that I that aren't. I guess you know you can get to that state normally, and if you're like you're one of your great classes of the year, but when you're doing something, anything you do in a routine, it's like very easy to just I don't know take things for granted and not be so so concentrated, be a little bit distracted, and uh, and it was like it was a perfect solution for all of that. I mean, I was completely locked in. Hmm. Yeah, it, it reminds me of some of the you know just the the benefits I I would uh, I would list um, it, it and you mentioned you know get, being able to get there on on a, like a normal day or, or like a particularly good day just on on your own yeah you know, I I haven't really had that experience where it seems like I'm just having a really good day it it definitely seems distinctly different from that you know like I've had good days I've 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 had. Uh, you know, I, I've had a wider perspective. Um, I've I've been particularly on you know on on various days just just thanks to uh, whatever tequila, yeah, right? Yeah, the pure tequila. Um, but but this uh, this microdosing experiment um, seems to offer something different. You know, it's just I don't know what it is. It's just there's something different. It's maybe a little bit more pronounced than. Um, than that. Well, how about maybe it's that creativity aspect? I mean, in the, in the Fadiman uh, recounts from, the accounts from his book. Uh, I mean, basically, when when his the moment his research was stopped uh, because it was the moment that the federal government decided to clamp down on LSD. It was like late late sixties, maybe sixty six, sixty seven. The uh, experiment he was working on was like he was he was taking all of these engineers and uh, and architects and. Uh, bringing them in for problems they previously hadn't been able to solve. I think that was one of the requirements to participate in the experiment was you had to bring in something that you were working on at work that you couldn't actually solve or you, you know, you had just been kind of stuck in a rut on. And then he uh, was administering microdoses to see if uh, that little, 
that little dose of uh, creativity, I guess, uh, would be enough to solve the problem. And I guess he was getting very good results. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Um, you know, the thing that occurs to me, it, it, it reminds me, the, the most similar thing I can, I can uh, compare it to is uh, after floating. And I know, Kevin, you've done that. Brad, have you ever floated, done uh, sensory deprivation? I have not. Super intrigued, though. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's really amazing stuff. And um, the first few times I did it, uh, I remember the next, like, like that day, later that day, but especially the next day or two after, I had these lingering effects that I really was not expecting. And it was this like centeredness, this calmness, this ability to kind of like, 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 um, respond, uh, you know, it's, it reminds me of, it's like David Allen quote, mind like water, mind like water. It's like when you, Mm. um, you know, you, you don't, you're not reactive. Like, like you imagine a, you know, a pebble being dropped into a a clear, you know, uh, smooth pond and, uh, you know, the ripples that, that, uh, emanate from that, that point of contact are just like you know, sympathetic to the, like the effect of the, of the pebble dropping in. They're not like reactive to it. Like it's, uh, you know, creating a huge splash kind of thing. Um, and it's that kind of like effect that I feel, um, happening. I think that's the most similar thing I could, I could compare it to. I would give it, I would give it that aspect, but also like that there's, you know, that, that, that's definitely one part of it, like the centeredness, but the, the heightened or enhanced uh, creativity is, I think it's almost like a separate, uh, characteristic, and I remember um, when I read about how Fadiman had set up that experiment, I had this kind of like quick flashback to my uh, my. Fir- I was I had been living in Spain for about a year and a half then, and uh, I was having this. I was in my learning of Spanish. I was having this like one particular problem uh, that I had been studying for for <laughs> for a while uh, about these two two different past tenses in Spanish and when when to use one and when to use the other. And I would say I, I had gotten so many different explanations from so many different teachers about how to think about which, which to use in which situation. And I was operating on kind of a system of rules that I had been given. And I would say I was still making mistakes probably any time from like maybe you know 10 to 30% of the time I was still making errors. And it was kind of killing me. I was like, you know, if I have all these <laughs> rules learned, like why do I still keep making mistakes? And I... I, I, you know, I was starting to get to like, there's got to be, this is not like a rules thing. This is like a conceptual thing. And I'm not getting to the, the, the background concept. And, and no one who is a native speaker is aware that there's a concept because they just know it. They were just born with the concept. So uh, this had been kind of on my mind for a while. And uh, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't take LSD to try to solve it or anything. I, I, take, I actually was going to a concert tool, by the way. So... <laughs> Nice. Joe, Joe would be very happy about that. I am. And uh, I, was, I came out of the concert, fantastic, spectacular concert. And, uh, and we got in, I got in a car with three other Spanish guys, and they were all speaking in the car. And I was like, I mean, I was, I was tripping, like pretty well tripping, and I just did not feel like participating in any conversation. So I'm just kind of sitting in the car listening to these guys speak, and I was, uh, I, everything they said, I could see it like teletyped in my mind. It was like the, the weirdest thing. I was like watching the sentences just teletyped in my mind. I was like kind of just paying attention to that for a minute. And then I noticed they were talking about the concert, so they were speaking in past tense. And every time they would use one of the tenses, uh, it would be, it, I would see the word in a different color. It would be like red, you know? And, and while well, the rest of the text was white. And then I would see uh, the other past tense in like, uh, it, would, it would like turn to like dust sort of thing and just kind of disappear from the sentence. And this was happening to me for like a good while, for like 10 minutes while I'm driving in the car. And I was like, 
I kind of got to the like when I you know after I'd been paying attention to a few minutes, I was like, oh wait, I get it. <laughs> like I just I just got it now. I understand. <laughs> I was like an absolute revelation at the at the time, you know. And I was like, wait, I got to think about this tomorrow. I'm I'm tripping. Of course, I think I solved the problem right now, you know. <laughs> but it was completely true, man. I woke up the next day and I was like, I get it. And I've never had a problem with that again. I just it was a concept thing, and I just needed like a little bit of a. And a, a little bit of assistance getting to the conceptual part. Yeah, it was almost like the assistance you needed was letting go of like a rigidity in your current yeah. sense of what the concept could be. And then you have this experience to like think about it and, you know, where again, your brain's dropped its previous connections and it's open to kind of make sense of things in a new way. For, for sure, creative, absolutely creative. I could, I could imagine it to be. So, um, Joe, like how long have you been doing this? Like weeks, months um, since we've met? <laughs> and, is, and is there any reason to stop? <laughs> right, none, none that I've been able to discern. I, I, I don't uh, see any reason to stop. Um, it's been you know on and off. I haven't been doing it like every week. Uh, you know, w- once or twice a week. I've skipped a few weeks here and there. I've, I've, can, we have, um, can we have some other uh, like data here? Is it like you know? Because if I asked a junkie the same thing, he'd probably tell me you know, oh, there's no reason to stop. You know, like, are you still married? Do you still have a job? <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Now we can continue. And uh, it, to answer your question, Brad, I think um, it's it's been going on. Let's see, I've been doing it for probably um, almost three months now, something like that. Cool. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, when we started recording these shows, it was prior to then. So this is fairly new for you. So it'll be cool. I'm excited to kind of see how this goes. Totally. Totally. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's brand new for me. And it's, and I, like I said, I had been very interested in it for, you know, for, for many years and kind of like, you know, forgot about it for a while. And, and, uh, so it's, it's good to see this, um, you know, popping up on the radar again. And I, I think, uh, I don't know, I'd love to hear from, from listeners. I'd love to hear from, uh, you know, I'd love to see more articles about this because I think it's a really, yeah. you know, easy way for people to kind of, uh, test the waters. Yeah, and this is a great example of the kind of uh, the kind of things that in a lot of the, the first shows when we're reading articles about research being done for the first time in a long time and sort of some light finally getting shed on this and some recognition and a little bit of the, like the fear beginning to wane away. This is a great example of someone who's been doing it for a long time in the best in, in the way he knows how and it's late in his life. Maybe he feels comfortable now that like the environment now politically or legally is he can do this and it can you know people can learn from it and and uh you know there's actually a, an albert hoffman quote that i think he said almost exact kevin you'd mentioned ritalin before but like late in life he said you know if it hadn't had the schedule it was given it could have been you know what cur- is currently used as ritalin which you know is an amphetamine yeah and also I, I, hoffman uh hoffman is famously quoted as saying that Microdosing was an, an area that that uh, they hadn't paid attention to that that needed uh, they needed more research, but you know because of the legal problems uh, associated with once prohibition of uh, LSD came into play, uh, it just never got its day basically. And I think there's a lot of speculation about whether or not Hoffman did you know did it himself or not. And uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting to see it coming coming back around again. And and like you said before, the the cool thing about it is you know there are as long as the dosing is controlled, there are no drawbacks to it. I mean, there's no reason not to do it. Yeah. Here, here. 
Well, even on like controlled dosing, yeah, to have it be safe and not have it turn into something that's going to scare the shit out of people. But there aren't any deaths associated with it, right? There's no no record of any overdoses that have been, you know. No, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no reported like, uh, you know, o- overdose. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's ever been any death associated with LSD in any way, but uh, you know, related to the to the drug, not to like stupid behavior after taking it, <laughs> but uh, especially with you know CIA MK Ultra experiments, people not knowing they were dosed, things like that. That that kind of got some of the, the crazier stories that get kicked around. Uh, you know, particularly dare, <laughs> dare meetings in <laughs> schools, and yeah, you know, all of the all of the supposed education we were given about uh, these things when we were in school. But uh, but I, yeah, I just mean apart from that, you know, you could, you know, I, I, Albert Hoffman makes the case that you know do, normal dosing, like the transcendental dose, or even even the more common dose, you need you need to prepare for that. There's a preparation process that's very important. And uh, if that's not if that doesn't happen, you could potentially have you know not a, not any kind of dangerous experience for your life, but just something that uh, it could you know could scare you. It could be it could be a, uh, a personally bad experience to, to put it that way. But not I mean with microdosing, it's as long as the dose is controlled. There's no reason not to do it because you would uh, I don't know. There's there's no fear of it going wrong. I guess. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the experience of people would be uh, who who haven't taken like a normal dose of LSD or had any experience with with normal doses of LSD over their life. You know, would they have the same experience when microdosing? I've actually uh, I've actually uh, facilitated that uh, experience several times, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, the, the the reports are good. Everyone was everyone that I've uh, helped with uh, with that situation has had a uh, very very good response to it and actually been qu- quite surprised you know because they thought that you know they just associated it with a certain type of experience and just had no idea that there was anything else possible and and I, we weren't like so- solving any engineering problems you know we were, <laughs> we were you know just just you know having a conversation or doing doing something else but they had uh, they could feel that you know all all the things we talked about the energy the enhanced creativity the yeah, all the, all the 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 fluttery good feelings. A social dose or a con- a concert dose, because we always called it a museum dose. I think I got that from you, Kev. And I got that from Joe. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never been to a museum in my life. <laughs> That's not true. 